Hello and welcome everyone to the Sage Advice Podcast. Today we have a very wonderful and lovely special guest uh, with Jupiter Jetson. Hello, darling. How are you? Hello. Uh, doing good. Chilling. Thank you so, so much for coming on the podcast. I have been friends with Jupiter for uh, a little while now since living in Vegas. And I love our origin story because you actually work at the brothel here in Nevada. And I think our paths probably would not have crossed at least for some time, except that I had a custom video ordered from a woman and she had come and partaken in your services and just said that you were interested in getting into the the video industry and that she wanted a video with you and me together and she can connected us first of all i'll just say that i'm so grateful for that because you have just become a very good friend and so i'm very happy that that happened for that reason but also because uh you're just so erotic and sexy and sensual and so it's just been a delight knowing you and working with you and let me get off your cock for just a minute and let you go ahead and speak about uh, sort of who you are and what you're doing and working on and, and all that. Well, I'm just going to assume that everyone can hear me blushing. <laughs> Thank you for the lovely intro. Um, well, who I am is you gave me a lovely introduction. Um, did you, I obviously I am a smut peddler and producer, actress extraordinaire. Um, I also, uh, as you mentioned, I work at a brothel. I still do. Uh, I'm actually doing that this week yeah one thing after another yeah oh yeah no it's a it's a it's a circle of panic mm -hmm. tell us a little bit more like so you started in the um at the brothel and not really yes. online as much and you kind of been transitioning um yeah i mean transitioning kind of like letting both kind of work within each other because there's a lot yes. of like intermingling. But like you said, I got my real start in video uh, with uh, that lovely client who requested a, uh, a custom. And I told her, I'm like, you are insane. There's no way this woman is going to work with me. I'm a nobody. <laughs> uh, those are my exact words. I was like, you're, you're crazy. It's, there's no way. But thank you oh for that. I had, I had had a couple of self-produced videos that I'd like put out on many vids because I very much so i've always been an exhibitionist um I, I personally enjoy having a camera being watched like you know just all of that um you know as well as also just having sex i'm i'm a very um i'm a very sexual creature so you know doing it performatively is not all that different than doing it for myself you know what i mean <laughs> like i i uh i, I like to throw a bib on and <laughs> get to it if you will yeah so i when i found out that like actually like you know i it, once i realized it was an option i was all in i i got familiar with it and uh just by working at the brothel it was never an i never considered it um like i assumed that you had to kind of know somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody like it's like traditional hollywood and apparently you just have to be hot and like willing to s and d on the camera you know <laughs> Yeah, I always got to say that. Like, I mean, pretty pretty much anyone really can can do this if you want to, and yet pretty much anyone can find an audience. Um, it's just a matter of 
kind of putting in that work and you know well i don't know how much my listeners sort of like follow me in general on all, all the other places but i talk a lot about how shit agents are um and so i always like i want to encourage people to get into this sort of on their own and make their own content I and mean, anyone can do it you've got a phone in your hand in your pocket like turn that shit on yourself and start making porn and build yourself a little audience, get on social media, all that kind of stuff. But you kind of, I don't know, it seems like you kind of came, came into it from all, all the angles really. I mean, cause you've got, you've got your work at the brothel and then you've, you know, started uh, making some content for yourself as well as getting an agent and getting bookings in the mainstream porn business. What have you noticed? I, mean, I think your agents are, doing pretty decently for you. Although I don't like to speak that heresy. But. <laughs> I, I mean, I know, I know that you're very much so, and I, and don't get me wrong. I have my, um, my own personal beliefs on people who profit off of the sex industry while not themselves being sex workers, but that is actually part of, of it. Yeah. Things, that is actually one of the things that I do really appreciate about my agents though, is that they do both have a background in being in front of the camera and nice. behind the camera yeah they're both they're they're both former actors you know in the that makes industry. a big difference i think it, that makes a big difference yeah it does and i feel like that is partly why like i from what i gather most agents are not providing the level of mentorship that i get with them i'm not trying to be like an infomercial for from you know my agency but i've had a really wonderful experience with them yeah um just because they have like provided like a lot of information and you know just general tips, tricks, life hacks, all of that for the industry that um, a, a lot of other agents don't. So um, they have yeah. done right by me. But I also, I've never really felt the need to, from what I, I've heard other performers talk about, you know, there's kind of like an expected formula for how you're supposed to go at it. Like, okay, you're either going to be indie and you're going to only do your indie projects or you're going to have an agent and only do mainstream projects. And I just kind of felt like, I mean, like my very, you know, after working with you, the first like big thing I did was East Bay Brats. And that has oh, yeah. even now still is one of the best things I feel like I've worked on. And it's like ultra gratifying that it's been recognized the way it has been because it's like, I don't know, there's like a joy that I get from the indie and the self-created self content that I don't get from mainstream. And there's joy that I get from mainstream that I don't get from the self-created. Like I love when someone else gives me a character to fall into. And when I'm creating my own stuff, unless it's a custom, I have to come up with that. And I enjoy that, but you know, it's it's different rewards in different paths, you know, like yes, in different totally. experiences. But Totally. I never wanted to let go of the indie side of things when I signed with my agents and my agents have all been very supportive of the fact that I still want to create my own things and have like goals outside of just being an actress. Yeah. And uh, just having that support from them, because it feels to me over the many years that I've been in this business that like they're always, they tend to often just be pushing you to do the things that they think you need to do to be in the industry, which is usually like, well, you have to lose weight. You have to get this kind of work done. You have to get that kind of work. Done. You like, you have to fit in this little box. Whereas with indie porn, which we all, you know, which we make ourselves and we're really catering to the wide audience of people. Whereas it does often seem like mainstream porn is just all about catering to a very specific 
segment, you know, of the industry. Um, and that could be frustrating, but, but I want to go back a little bit, talk about East Bay Browse for a second, because that was so cool that you, you like worked with me and then I put you in one of my, you know, um, one of my movies, I think it was uh, rookies. Uh, not that you're a, a rookie to, um, like Absolutely. making amazing sex scenes, but to, to being in videos, uh, but also I was just so impressed with your performance. The first, you know, two times we did a scene together, it was just, I was like, oh yeah, of course. Like you're just very sensual and erotic. Like the eroticism was just like on point and it was very natural for you. Um, and so I was super impressed with that. But then it was like right after that, you got in touch with Courtney Trouble, who is uh, obviously my sort of business partner, friend, uh, also my distributor for my films that I make and stuff like that. So I was like, and all, and she's working over there now and making East Bay Bratz and then East Bay Bratz always, you know, gets put up um, for nominations and stuff like that. So I was just impressed that you kind of like hit the ground running with um, getting into the business and that it was like not only mainstream, you know, you're just, you're filling up the space that, you know what I'm saying? And like, I also yeah. think that that's, I think it's the smartest thing to do too. I think if you, you know, as a performer, someone who's been doing this for a long time, it's like, if you put all of your eggs in like the one basket, which I think a lot of people getting into the industry are, do often, they're like, well, I just need an agent and I just need more bookings for mainstream. And I'm like, that's good for you to get that. But also you should be focusing on making, making your own stuff too, and building up a fan base. And then when you make your own content, like that's this thing that's going to sustain you moving forward into the future beyond, you know, there's like a shelf life sometimes, not for everyone, but in mainstream. Yeah. So, well, and there's also, there's just a shelf life of how long you want to be, you know, available. Like, don't get me wrong. I, the job is great, but like, it does require a lot of financial upkeep to be available in the industry. Um, but going back to what you were saying, you know, in terms of putting all your eggs in one basket, I feel like there is, um, I don't think it's unintentional, but there's a rift between mainstream creators and OnlyFans creators as if they're not the same thing. Um, and, yeah. you know, and the way I look at it, it's, you know, okay, so if you you know, I have a background in music. If I go on tour, yes. okay, and I sell concert tickets, yes, I'm going to make money off of that. But my real profits are going to come from the t-shirts I'm selling. Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mainstream porn, they're, the, they're my tour promoters. They're getting me, you know, the audience coming in to watch my concert. Only fans and many vids and all of that. Those are, that's my merch booth, you know? Like yes, to look at them as 100%. separate is, is, is kind of, I feel like is an outdated mode of thinking. Yeah. I, I agree with that. The only, like for me, the only rift, this is just me, my opinion, the only rift between sort of mainstream or even indie production and only fans creators, as though there isn't some like massive crossover for all of us, but for people who got into the industry only as only fans creators, let's put it that way. Um, the only issue that I have with that is when they are just running around doing like content shares with each other and tr content trades with each other and not like doing it appropriately as far as getting tested, that they don't understand that, um, if you're going to work with another person, having sex with another person, like you have to have a test, you have to have an STI test to make sure 
that everyone is safe and um, infections aren't getting spread around. And so right now, uh, listeners may or may not know, depends on how much you're on porn Twitter, but uh, there is there has been this uptick in chlamydia and I think gonorrhea as well, uh, infections. And it's kind of sketchy because sometimes it's people testing positive, even though they haven't been having any sex at all. And it's just really hard to get a get your finger on the, the, what's going on with this. But but I, I do know that, you know, people kind of coming in and like all they've ever done is OnlyFans and they're just doing sex scenes and they're not making sure that that people have negative tests and all that. So it's just like a casualness that can be causing some problems within our industry that we know what to to do to do this work safely and that other people coming in just aren't aware. Um, So it would be nice if there was a, a way to get everyone on the same page with all that stuff. We definitely need an uptick in education, especially because that, that yeah. is something I will agree on. There is a an there's an educational divide that I kind of discovered yeah. um, actually like um, pre uh, me like in, in the very early stages of when I was getting back into making content after the pandemic. Um, I yeah. was trying to find um, scene partners up in Ohio. And I kind of gave up because after like the third person that I had to explain what a 2257 was, I'm yeah. like, I'm not, I'm not doing this. <laughs> like, and you know, there's only, and some of it is a lack of access because in a lot of parts, we do need a much more robust system because in a lot of parts of the country, yeah. like I actually missed a scene this week and I'm very conscientious about being on test and on time but the more timing of the moratorium lined up so that there yeah. wasn't testing like i couldn't get tested in the proper timing before i left for ohio so i was like okay yeah i'll get tested up in ohio the only two <laughs> uh the only two past partners that used to be there like 10 months ago are no longer offering testing so there really was yeah. no option for me to get tested so people who are in non non hub areas are kind of at the mercy of quest tests and you yeah. know other things like safely uh is another one things like that that are yeah. less you know less verifiable than the qr code system that tts has you know and it's it, we just need yeah. to, we need to work we need to work on that yeah it's an issue I, i've traveled in the past i'm, I'm going to be moving soon here too uh away from a hub so hubs Hub places is only Los Angeles, Las Vegas, and Miami. Other than that, you you can get tested at another facility uh, via the same testing places. However, at the other facility, you have to pay sometimes like anywhere from fifty to seventy five dollars more because they have to they they take a draw fee and then they also have a shipping fee to ship the sample to. Vegas or Miami or LA or whatever it is. Um, Sometimes that's just really expensive. (laughs) And oh, let me point you this out because like I said, I did used to get tested in Ohio. Sometimes Sometimes that $35 collection fee is per tube, not per panel. So oh I, my had, God. I had one facility that my testing was like $375 to get it done. Oh my God. For the gold panel. Yes. This was, yeah. and it was, cause it was for every single, for both of the blood vials and the urine and on, and the COVID 
swab because this was back when the COVID swab was part of the gold yeah. panel. You had to have it. And yeah, it ended oh up gosh. being like an extra, almost $200 on top of how much my test wow. cost. It was crazy. Yeah. So well, it's, it can be prohibitively expensive. Exactly. And then, and yeah. then it's, and then it, yeah, especially. And then, and then it's like too, because, um, you get that done and so you're paying anywhere from you, you know here at a hub it's only um, like 155 or something but then if you travel it can be anywhere from 250 to 350 or like you said almost 400 dollars. and then it only lasts 14 days and then if you only have one scene booked with someone and let's say it's even a paid scene so you're making anywhere from 800 to 1400 maybe something like that um, but then you now minus the three to four hundred dollars that it you know what I mean, and so then it's like okay, well you're you're only making this much um, for one scene that you're able to fit in, and so yeah, it would be nice if <laughs> we could find a way to cut those costs and and just make it more expansive, so it's something that people who don't live in those areas have easier access to and. Uh, anyway, sex education in general is just such a problem, such a problem. <laughs> but we'll that's why, you know, I, I wanted to do a podcast that includes advice because I just feel like there's so many gaps in understanding and um, of sexuality and pornography and all these things. So it's hoping to fill fill that where I can and do my part. <laughs> so you first entered sex work, which is via working at the brothel in Nevada or had you done any sex work before then? So I had done a little bit here and there. I did a year as a stripper, like from, I actually celebrated my 18th birthday in a strip club. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I did a year, about a solid year, year and a half. Um, and then the, it was really slow. I was in at, at, by that time, I was in New York during the, you know, financial meltdown. Ah, yeah. The money wasn't quite there in the financial district. <laughs> but people still drink. Uh, people still drink a lot when times are bad. Yep. So I got yeah. into bartending. Oh, nice. And cocktail waitressing and peeing on guys I find on Craigslist. Um, Hell yes. <laughs> like selling. I, I was also a prolific panty saleswoman for the years I was in college. Um, and I did a little bit of dabbling uh, as a pro dom as well. Apparently me and, uh, oh God, what's the annoying girl with no eyebrows name? I know anyone who's on Twitter, sex work Twitter will know who I'm talking about. We worked at the same uh, dungeon, but I, I did not harm any of my clients. Um, but, uh, but yeah, a little dabble here, a little dabble there, but I had most of like a decade kind of like, not a decade, but like, I'd say good six, seven years, like with no sex work at all. Um, just working as a musician. Yeah. When I came back to the States, I did it a little bit more time as a bartender. And then I read a cracked article that led me to the brothel and I was like, Oh, hello. And it's been a pirate's life for me pretty much ever since. <laughs> What was the cracked article? Like, what was the topic of it, sort of? So there's, I've always, mind you, I've always been, you know, dabble here, dabble there. I've always been interested in sex work, um, but I've never yeah. gone full hog, full service because I'm chicken shit and I'm terrified <laughs> of the police. Yes, they are terrifying. Yeah. All the, all the, uh -huh. Very scary. <laughs> very, very scary. Yes. Not, not, not a fan. Yeah, not but, a fan. But, you know, I've always been always been interested in it and also weirdly turned on by it. So I read this article uh, on crack that was, uh, you know, they have like a 
at least they used to. I haven't recracked in a long time. They got sold and it's not the same format anymore. It's a bummer. But yeah. they used to have a really great personal experiences section. And it was like eight things I learned about, you know, life by being a legal prostitute. And I'm like, oh, this will be fun. And I assumed it was going to be like written by a lady who like worked, uh, you know, in the Netherlands or Germany or one of the other places where mm. they have like, you know, legalized and regulated like prostitution, but it was a chick in Nevada. Yeah. And I, having never watched Cat House, didn't realize that, that yeah. was a thing. I didn't know that was a uh, thing. And as soon yes. as I did, I was like bartending at a terrible spot in like Oregon, like it was not a great time. It was not a great time. And I like, you know, yeah. mind you, like I'd already been trying to kind of sniff out other options because, you know, there's not enough money for academic positions. Bartending is not yeah. a job with a like a retirement plan. So I'm like, what do I want to do? Yeah. Like, what do what am I going to enjoy? And the light bulb just went boing. And uh, the article had said like, you know, that this lady had applied uh, on a whim thing and that she completely forgot about it because it took them like six months to get back to her. So I sent in my like not professional selfies and, you know, a little blurb about, you know, my, who I am. And I don't remember what I said, but I'm sure it was ridiculous because I'm ridiculous. And uh, <laughs> I got a callback literally the next day, like within 24 hours, they were asking me if I could be there the next week. And I was like, hold your horses. I had to like put them off by like, <laughs> by like three weeks. Um, like yeah. I can't, can't come in that soon. Gotta you know, figure out. <laughs> you're, you're like, I'm not quite that ready yet. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how to brothel. Give me right. a second. Like yeah. I need at least watch one episode of Cat House before I come Right. In. Yes. Yes. And Cat House, what a, you know, I'm not, I can't, I don't know about Dennis Hoff, but what a celebration that show was of possibilities for sexuality. Like you've watched it since then, I'm sure. Uh, I've watched one, like I watched the like hour long okay. documentary and I watched one okay. episode and yeah, yeah. Was, I, so like I got the gist. It's thankfully yeah. like, especially like I'm at Sherry's, I'm not at a Hoff house. So it's nothing like yeah, that. Yeah. Like it's, it's yeah. so different, but it still was, it, it was excellent to like see like they're doing they're doing what there they're yeah. getting paid how much <laughs> these are options right yes oh yeah since <laughs> i realized it was an option and i wouldn't have to worry about like you know peppa pig i was so pumped about it like i signed up immediately yes oh my gosh that's beautiful so yeah what was that what was that process like then i mean you got your shit together and you and you went down there for the very first time and like yes so they put you I, in the office and how does that go <laughs> so i like so first off i didn't quit my job immediately i actually told them that like i had to like take care of some stuff and i'd be back in a couple of weeks and then i just called and was like never mind stuff didn't get taken care of i'm gone forever bye and I, <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> but but the basic process was i um I had a friend who had a camera and took like wedding portraits, take some slutty pictures for me. I spent unnecessary money on lingerie because little did I know, I already dressed like a hooker. <laughs> and then I showed up uh, in Nevada uh, with, you know, the, like I said, unnecessarily slutty clothes in hand. Um, and I was tested by their house doctor. Uh, then the next day I went down and I saw the sheriff's office and they ran a background check on me. 
Um, oh, I forgot. I had to hustle my butt off for like three weeks before I got there because I had to pay off all of my parking tickets in Philadelphia. I was actually- Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Philadelphia yeah. really screwed me on that one. And just yeah. throwing that out there. So many parking <laughs> tickets. Oh my God. And you can't be parking all willy nilly with unpaid parking tickets if you're going to work at the brothel because you have to have, I mean, mm -hmm. genuinely, like you have to be on the level of like, I could probably, I'm confident now that I could probably pass a background check to like work as a kindergarten teacher, essentially. Like, and it's, it's yeah. the same level to work yeah. in a brothel or very oh, yeah. close to it. Yeah. Pristine record. Yes. Very pristine yeah. record. Um, they fingerprint you, um, take a record of all of your tattoos. Um, and then you have to give them money. Um, and they give you a license to work at a brothel. And then yeah. the next day you hit the floor. And yeah, that's kind of that. I mean, they show you how to do like the, you know, the peel back. I can't, I forgot that you can't see. I'm like doing like kind of mildly obscene, like, you know, dick shaped motions, but um, <laughs> <laughs> they, they teach you how to do like the, the dick check, the DC as we politely call it. But um, oh, please describe that. You have to, you know, it's because we're tested other people aren't we do use condoms dental dams um gloves for fingers stuff like that like there's barrier methods. our barrier methods have barrier methods but you still also yeah. um the process of taking a booking at the brothel is you you know agree upon activity and price and length of time you know and all of mm -hmm. that good stuff um and before you you know you collect your money or your credit card and id and then before you go to the office to go book your time you have to do a visual inspection, make sure that there's no obvious, you know, lumps, bumps, critters, you know, yeast explosion, um, nothing that would Stores. be, yeah, Open nothing wounds. that's immediate. Exactly. And you yeah. take, actually, we have um, baby wipes that we have, we soak them in alcohol um, mm -hmm. to actually bring any sores, breaks in the skin, anything like that to kind of the surface, if you will. Um, yeah. Yeah, so it's it's a pretty thorough inspection. I mean, we we're we're rolling back foreskin and you know lifting mm -hmm. the you know lifting the trunk, if you will, you know the trunk, inspecting the nut sack. Uh, do you yeah. lift the nut? Do you lift the? Oh nut yeah, we do. We, like we, do, we, we do. We do. We do. We do a little taint check. Yeah, yeah. We, <laughs> yes. You got to <laughs> check the undercarriage. Okay, that's where of all course. the damage happens. No, right. Sorry. That's where things hide back there, you know. Um, so, so that's uh, fascinating stuff. And do you, so when you are doing the check like that, the sort of visual inspection, um, do they do? Does the client also have a chance to do a visual inspection on you, or is that no. something they don't even ask? I bet, hundred <laughs> percent. I had a guy ask once, but he wasn't asking for health purposes and he got evicted from my room and he did not get to find out firsthand how hot I am without my robe on because he was not polite about it. Um, oh, but, wow. But yeah, we're, we're tested. So by very nature of the fact that we're on the floor, it means that a yeah. health professional did a visual and, and, and medical inspection. We have to get a right. swab and a blood collection every single week yeah. so like you don't get to do a visual inspection i promise if you if happen, you're there if then, i'm here i was yeah. cleared by the state you are not a medical right. professional you're not going to know better yeah. than the state. 
Totally. And so obviously you have had at least one female client because that's how we got connected. But I'm I'm just very curious. Okay, so how many years or how long have you been working at Sherry's at this point? Uh, I started there in May of 2018. And we okay. were shut down for 14 months for the, bra- uh, yeah. for the pandemic. So yeah, someone else can do that math. Not it. it, Four-ish years, kind of, if we take out the pandemic side. So in that time, you've had at least one female client. Like how how many more than that? Did you have more than that? I'm just fascinated by this. Yeah, I've I've how often would you say? Um, I mean, it's not the most common. Um, but women who come by themselves, I'd say at least a couple a year. You know, ladies that come in by themselves, mind you, I. I, I I also have wonderful luck. Like I, I consider myself incredibly blessed. Um, I do. Um, it has been noted that I get more than my fair share of female clients. Yeah, <sighs> I love it. No, I, dude, I was, it is. It is I love it that. Is the greatest blessing of my life. I love that for you. I love Thank that you. so much for you. <laughs> the sapphic vibes just like bleed through yes. into my web presence. I don't know, but it yes. it brings me joy because, you know, I managed to glue on like pincers like these like four days a week. <laughs> and I still, still give off gay enough oh. vibes to get a, a just, I am happy with the number of, I mean, yes. I only ask for more. But I don't know how much good fortune one person can reasonably ask for. Totally. Yeah. I mean, leave some for everybody else. Okay. <laughs> I try. Dude, the, one of the best, <laughs> one of the best parties I ever had was like, a, she was like a 70 year old English teacher and she absolutely rocked my world. Rocked my world. <sighs> Amazing. Amazing. Yes, <laughs> please. I, cause I, I see people, I'm, I'm also very clear in my profile so that I see clients of all ages, ability levels, genders, you yeah. know, come as you are, you know, just, yeah. I mean, not if you're a dick, you know, like, uh, you know, yeah. like, you know, just don't, don't be don't an be asshole. A, just don't be, that's literally my only rule is don't be an yeah. asshole and we're good. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's worked out really well. I get not a lot of assholes, but that's lots so of lovely. really interesting people. So I'm happy. Yes. Yes. And you do have those vibes. I'm curious about that, especially when you first started, when you very first started. Um, I know from walking into strip clubs for the first time, it was always very intimidating. Um, And even though I had all this experience, it's still just like every time you walk into a new strip club, it was just like, these girls are all going to hate me. And I was always, there were times when I was pleasantly surprised to find that in in fact, they weren't going to hate me and that they kind of had this vibe of camaraderie. Other places, not so much. I'm curious what that was like for you walking into the brothel for the first time. Was it that sort of feeling of competition or was there more of a camaraderie or somewhere in between? Um, so I, I'm going to talk about Sherry's because <laughs> Sherry's is like my home. Yeah, of course. My first brothel was a little bit different. I was only there for like, Oh, it wasn't Sherry's. So. No, no. My first brothel was a, a house that shall remain nameless because I don't believe in saying anything that's not nice about, you know, former business partners because they did give me a start. Um, and I have nothing okay. bad to say about that, but it's a, just a different environment though. It's just, it was a different yeah. environment. But Sherry's, Sherry's, I had this, like, I had a very, I, remember it so clearly i had this distinct image because the the women are all super gorgeous obviously but like not just that but like the photographer who takes the pictures of the women 
is really good at taking pictures of really gorgeous women. So like I had this image of like showing up and being like this like short, stumpy, ugly duckling, like looking up in lineup at like all of like these like basically underwear models. And I was like super, super worried because there's even when you get hired, there's like a little note in the hiring paperwork that's like, if you show up and you don't look like your pictures, we do reserve the right to, you know, dismiss you yeah, and not yeah. allow you to work because, you know, and that's, they mean like if you show up and you catfished them, but I'm yeah, like, yeah, of course. They're going to tell me to go home. You're I like, I like, ate a hamburger today. Am I totally fucked? <laughs> Dude, I showed up with my hair fully done. My yeah. makeup. Like I, if I, if I had had, like the forethought I would have hired a professional for the makeup. But as it stood, I just spent like two hours doing my makeup. Like I made sure I looked better than my pictures because I was so afraid that they were just gonna be like, nope, next. But um, Oh my God. First of I, all, let me let me just interrupt for one second. Uh, if you all haven't seen Jupiter Jetson, uh, she's like incredibly stunning. She has long, shiny, beautiful red hair, a gorgeous smile. You can hear her totally sexy voice. Her eyes are beautiful. I mean, she's totally stunning. So just so you understand that she's got gorgeous tits, incredibly shapely. Uh, so this is all coming out of her ass. <laughs> oh. You, I'm just saying, if you go to the Sherry's website, look at those pictures, man. I'm just saying, look. And you're I, up there with the best of them. Oh, I mean, like, you know, I, I get it now. You know, I see the pictures. I'm like, okay, I get it. I get it. It's just that, you know, photography makes a difference. You can take like the hottest girl. Sure. like, and, and if you don't take a good picture of the hottest girl, she's going to look like kind of, you know, Wisconsin 7. Um, but like... <laughs> You know, uh, the combination of pretty, pretty, very beautiful women and an excellent photographer led to some serious imposter syndrome. Um, and then I got there and like, I was very well received. Everybody like, I, I, I loved everyone's vibe right off the bat and everybody really seemed to smell what I was stepping in. Um, yeah. Like I, as soon as I like, like within my first like 24 hours of like being at Sherry's, like I was just like, I'm home. Like yes. I, I never, I, I, I knew I never was, I was like, this is it. This is, I love it here. Like, honestly, yeah. like, I'm kind of, I'm like, maybe we should turn the hotel into a retirement home. All I'm saying, like, hope <laughs> I'm here for it. Like, but, yes. but no, I'm, I um I found like a really great like camaraderie community like every I, I there were a lot of women who like kind of recognized that I had a lot of like tools to do really well and they gave me all of like the information I needed to get there you know what I mean like people were really yeah. open with like tips tricks how to live like all of that so I try to like do the same when there's like new girls yes. because you know you got to pass it along but like I had I, I had a wonderful experience like walking in there and I was definitely I definitely thought yeah I was going to be around a bunch of like cold mean like supermodels and no, yeah it was like very pretty but very normal women who are just wonderful like oh, so happy so happy to hear that because yeah what, that's what we need is community, you know, especially when the outside world uh, just has so much vitriol to spew in our direction at all times and from all angles, really. I mean, if it's not just coming from 
hateful people on the internet, then it's banks and credit card companies and, you know, banking apps and, and all this telling us that like, we're not valid human beings, despite having legal careers and paying our taxes. Tax money is good enough, but not enough to have a bank, I, I guess, like, you know, so all that. So it's just like, we really have to come together in all the spaces that we're able to. And so anytime I hear something like that, where someone was supported in their sex work by fellow sex workers. It's just so uplifting. And I feel like that too, that it's just, I really, um, I want to be here as a, as a resource for anyone getting into the industry. That being said, like if you're a dude and you're just like, how do I get into the industry? Like not you, but um, <laughs> cause we all get that so much. And I'm just like, I'm not trying to waste my time. Because you're I, I just get it sitting so, there with your dick in your hand being horny right now. And that's why you're asking. <laughs> I get it so much that I'm literally adding it to my like sign of like offerings at my like yeah. AV, at AVN this year. Yeah. Like ask me for like, but you have to pay me. I have to decide. Oh, how yeah. But like yeah. I will answer that stupid, that very, very stupid question. Yeah. And I, I started saying that too, like, oh, well, pay me $500. I'll tell you how. And and then somebody was like, okay. And I was like, uh, I don't want to. Here, ask this guy. <laughs> but that's for men only. I, I'm sorry it has to be that way, but it totally is. Like if you're a woman and you're actually trying to get into the industry, like I will give you all the advice. Um, but you know, that's just kind of how it is. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Hard same. Hard saying. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. No, 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 no. But I, I love hearing that. And that means that people, that the workers at Sherry's are pretty happy because I've noticed that when you work at a place where everyone is like doing pretty well for themselves, then they're, they don't treat you caddy, like caddy. They don't treat you like snideful competition. You know, they're, they are supportive. And I love yeah. that. Yeah. There's, there's seem, there's very much so a vibe of like a rising tide lifts all ships you know, yes. um, in, in, in that. And I, I've always appreciated, like when I first started, you know, um, someone was explaining like, you know, some of the few things, cause you know, our management also had the best manager I've ever had uh, of any job. And because I was so happy being there, I was of course like terrified. I was going to get fired for some reason at some point. And someone was explaining <laughs> yeah. like the only thing that can really get you fired unequivocally is, you know, violence towards your coworkers. And a line that the girl said that's always stuck with me is like, you know what, like the, there's, we, we already face so much violence. Like there's so much violence. Yeah. Like people are so violent towards us. We are not going, we do not tolerate it here in this house. Like there's yeah. no, you know, and so like that's, not to co-op language, but it's very much so a safe space. Like it's, and it's, yeah. it's one of the safest spaces for people in our industry. I feel like, like I feel so incredibly privileged to be in my position there that like I, it, I'm so privileged that I feel like I'm oftentimes not really authorized to speak on sex work issues because I am in such a privileged and lucky group of sex workers. Well, you know, sex workers still encounter what it, the core experience of being a sex worker is, whether you are someone who is working on the street because you need to work economically and no other reason, or whether you are the highest level escort, you know, making thousands of dollars an hour working for princes and shit like that. So, you know, there's this core thing that we all have in common. Um, and so, 
you while you you find yourself in a really awesome place and that's amazing but you you are still absolutely valid to talk about this stuff percent. <laughs> to be fair i was being somewhat hyperbolic but it is true like yeah. i but i know you what know, you mean about the feeling yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, because it's it, it really is. I'm I'm in a very lucky position in terms of because don't get me wrong. Yeah, I'm sure it, it, there are times it does bite me. You know, it bites everybody in certain ways. But yeah. at the end of the day, um, you know, I I do feel very lucky for the opportunity that I have in working at a place like Sherry's because it is not even yeah. just like for like the industry in general, but just like as a working environment, it is uh, yeah. delightfully non-toxic, uh, which is rarer and rarer at this state yeah. of capitalism. So Yes, exactly. And that's the thing. I mean, this is, you know, uh, you don't encounter cattiness and backstabbiness and shit talking only at sex work type jobs. I mean, that's like, <laughs> I feel like that's pretty ubiquitous across all fields of labor, <laughs> especially. Oh, goodness. No one yeah. gossips like waitresses. Right. Oh, my gosh. Yes. I uh, experienced a little waitressing in my younger days. And yeah, <laughs> I, I, at the time I was still young. I had only gotten out of school, maybe like not even a year. But I was still like remarkably like, why does this feel so much like I'm still in high school? Like, <laughs> Okay, but let, let's go back in time a little bit. And I want to ask you about sort of the first time that you uh, became aware of pornography. So, I, yeah, I, I had a little bit of warning that this was going to come up, but uh I decided I will tell the truth. Thank you. I was maybe I'm maybe like eight or nine, and I was a big fan of Sailor Moon. Like I had like the Sailor oh, Moon yes. VHS tapes. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I was on. I had a computer, and I was looking. I, I don't. It was definitely not Google. It was definitely like no. AOL like or, or something. Asked, I think I asked Jeeves. To, yeah. <laughs> to show me Sailor Moon pictures, and uh, yes. I found Sailor Moon pictures, but Sailor. <laughs> you found baby internet Sailor Moon pictures. Oh, yes. I found baby internet Sailor Moon pictures. And let's just say <laughs> I got to see parts of the happy ever after between her and Tuxedo Night. Yeah. And also oh, yeah. the Sailor Scouts really team building, really, <laughs> really team building. <laughs> developing yeah. some camaraderie between them yes and... <laughs> yes lots of them they really got along like very yeah. very well they you know it was very roman like spartan of them you know <laughs> so yeah the first time yes. the first time i found it it was an accident and then i found it on purpose a lot uh, a lot right after that yeah <laughs> right after that but then so my step, we only had computers in the house because my stepdad worked in net, like computer networking, and so uh, he knew he he had the he so knew I, what it was all about. So <laughs> they loudly mentioned, it and I, in retrospect, I now know as an adult, it's because they already freaking knew. But they loudly yeah. talked about how, like, oh yeah, it's crazy with this network. You can figure out any, you can see anything that the other computer is doing, and he's like jiggling my mouse for me, and I'm like. Ah! <laughs> so, so, 
my response was to turn my computer off and I left my computer off for, I'm not even getting you like six months. And I lived in absolute fear of my computer. I lived in fear of my computer. I'm like, I can't turn it on. I can't turn it on because I didn't know how to clear a browser history. I'm like, what's a browser history? We didn't have resources like this. Like kids. Oh my God. I just reached a new milestone because this is my first kids today, but kids today will never know. Oh, they'll never know. They will never know what it is to live in fear of your browser history because there's no, how do I clear my browser history? Because you don't know what the word browser history means because it just, it like literally was just invented. Yeah. It just started existing one day. (laughs) Yeah. Like five minutes after you did. So like. It's just interesting because, you know, my experience was much different with the internet because like we we got it when it was 14k speeds but then i was the one on the computer at 12 13. you know my parents only knew how to use it for like word processing and i was figuring out this internet thing on my own and so then i'd be in the den by myself good night parents like they go to bed and they just have no idea what's going on in there (laughs) and it was just really easy for me to get away with but the fact that you we're living with a, a parental unit who actually did computer networking. Like <laughs> that was a bad oh, <laughs> situation the, for you. <laughs> the dread, like the dread. Like I lived, yeah. I lived there, there was like, I remember, I so, I remember like falling asleep and looking at the computer and being like, how do I solve this? Yeah, because like, so, also like you know my family was a little religiously religiously, so like I yeah. was they cannot see that like I just, yeah. Oh, but yeah. then you never, no. but you never faced any repercussions. No, that. no, like, never. Like nothing ever happened. Like no one ever said good. anything about it. Like I turned my computer. Like I I don't remember what happened, but like my. I'm sure it'll come to me a while in a while, but like at some point, my turn, it was it was such a non thing that I don't even remember when it finally ended and I started using my computer again because it never mattered. Like, no, yeah, I there was a scandal involving my brother and some questionable Legend of Zelda material. Yes, I love how your whole family, it was, you and your brother, was just like we're interested in cartoon pornography. Well, I mean, we were that, both into the cartoons. Yeah, that's honestly like just because I've been watching and participating in uh pornography for so much of my life like i don't watch videos and stuff but what does turn me on what what i go there in my head is also this uh animated porn we'll call it (laughs) that's like the only thing that like (laughs) if i use anything like that's the only thing that i I use too so there's something about it i don't know (laughs) I don't exactly know, but obviously I'm not alone. So no, no, there is definitely a cartoon nerd to porn pipeline for sure. Yes, like, yes, exactly. <laughs> so was there a point at which you did actually see something, whether it's uh, photography or video, where it was actual human beings having sex in a yes. in a pornographic meant to titillate? yes there was also um a bit after that there was a girl who like our parents were friends so we would go over to her house on the regular and like have sleepovers and stuff and her dad was into very specific elderly bbw porn wow that is yeah 
super specific. (laughs) So he had like stacks of like, like legit, like old lady porno and like BBW porno under his like bat like under the bed so like we would look at that but it wasn't like oh yeah we were kind of just like that's it it was very like not mind you like you know not to desexualize those populations i'm older now but like this we're talking 1970s like you know grandma porn like it was not not pushing the buttons when we were yeah but it was still just kind of like hmm because we still looked at it like it's not like we didn't look like yeah. Looked, well, but, yeah. Especially when you're finding something that you know is salacious as a young person, you're just like, this is wrong, but like, I got to see this. Like, I'm curious as fuck. Like, what, what is going on here? You know? Yeah. Um, and I think uh, that's pretty normal. <laughs> yeah. But like, it's a pretty normal time- experience. Yeah, well, the first time I actually seeing something that was like, ooh, was actually like, yeah. uh, again, somewhat embarrassing, but like speaks to the level of access of my generation was uh, like the Cinemax, like late night, like the oh, yes. Skinemax, if you will, uh-huh. you know, like that stuff, like the, you know, late night pretend humping, like yep. stay up and watch that. Like, and I was like, yep. ooh, this is dirty, you know? Yeah. And so... Did you always know that you were kind of a queer person or when did that start becoming apparent to you? Or how do you identify? Um, I definitely identify as queer. Um, And queer is actually um, very much so. I mean, I I use queer uh, a lot of the time in like general just because it's easier because a lot of time lately I – there's a misunderstanding there's a debate around the etymology of my, my preferred term is bisexual, but there is a debate sure. around the etymology of it because there is a, 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 a debates around the actual like origins of it as to whether or not it means bi means two, which it doesn't generally speaking. Cause I find myself just attracted to humans regardless of gender. But um, yeah. I mean, my earliest sexual experiences were with girls and like, I, I definitely find myself, I have more celebrity crushes on women than on men, but <laughs> I find myself having casual sex with more men than women. Yeah, but I I think there's a reason for that. It's just e- easier. <laughs> it's a num- it's a numbers game. Yeah, no, no, no. It's yeah. absolutely a numbers game. But um, but yeah. no, I, I I consider myself very um, like bisexual, queer, however you want yeah. to define it. I I don't really have yeah. a, a a gender binary or a gender um preference in terms of like who yeah. I'm with it's it's all like pheromones and thinky parts yeah. and all of that yeah. stuff I mean it, it sounds like essentially your pan but you know I think that uh I think that when we choose the terms to affix to ourselves to present to the world that we have to pick the one that that resonates with us the best and I don't think you have to like really explain it or you know, make, make, um, excuses for it. Like if, if you, if the term bisexual is the term that works for you, then you're fucking bisexual. You know what I mean? And, um, I, I think it's just, you know, for, for me, it just like, you could say I'm bisexual. It doesn't quite fit the way that I feel for myself, but I don't think that, I feel like that's such a personal thing. 
Um, and I'm not going to say, well, bisexual doesn't work for you because actually, da -na 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 -na. like, no, it means the same thing. You know, it means for you what it means for you. And like, that is totally valid and okay. <laughs> like, yeah. You know what I mean? For me, yeah. For me, it's just, I mean, like, cause that's the thing is I don't really have strong feelings other than that when I came out and, you know, told people that I cared about, you know, that I'm not straight. The, yeah. you know, the, I came out as bi, you know, like yeah. that was like, that was, that was who that was like, and that was also like when I've ever had to like fight back against people being shitty to me, it's yeah. been as a bi, you know, woman. So like, that's yeah. just, it's, it feels like the, the term that I've like kind of held on to the longest, but yeah. You know, I'm also incredibly open. I'm I'm very open as a person to like a shift in language or a shift in concept if it better serves other communities like that don't have right. the option of shifting. So like that's why I'm open to, you know, I and why I've also a lot of the time in some ways shifted towards queer because if somebody does have the idea that by bisexual I mean that I'm only attracted to people of a traditional gender binary, I don't right. want even mistakenly, I don't want people to walk away with that impression. That's just me. That's, like I don't Yeah. No, that's I don't totally have the skin in the game valid that others do. Right, yeah. right, right. <laughs> yeah. So Next, I kind of want to know, like, so you said you celebrated your 18th birthday in a strip club. Like, was it the strip club you were there as uh, visiting as a patron or it was like your first night working the day you turned 18? Yeah. Uh, yes. I did a crash course in uh, stripper dancing uh, taught by a friend of mine who knew that I was turning 18 and needed to make money and had quit my job at Taco Bell because my manager was a douche. Uh, yeah. So she's like, you know what? You're 18 in a week and a half. I can tell you how to make some money. And Hell she, yeah. taught me the, she taught me the figure eight, taught me how to walk in heels. <laughs> um, and yes. she was like, come out to my club on your birthday. So I came out to her club on my birthday and like they hired me. So I actually worked like my first like strip, like shift as a stripper, like on my yes. 18th birthday. That's amazing. So yeah. at which point did you see that type of work as something that was an option for you? Like, was there some shift or some spark that happened where you're, or were you just like, fuck working at Taco Bell? Like I need some real money or. <laughs> so it actually kind of, so the way it happened was I said, fuck working at Taco Bell. Because <laughs> fuck working at Taco Bell. <laughs> yeah. And I quit that. I, that was one of my best quits, but, uh, sure. I walked out of that job with no plan. And, uh, I just was like legit, like maybe the, the same day or the day after I was commiserating to a friend of mine who I actually knew, um, from like, uh, an LGBT club that was like run through like the local LGBT center that like met at a coffee shop that I hung out at. Nice. And, uh, awesome. I was like commiserating with her, like, fuck, I walked out of this job and I still have to buy a car. Like, this sucks. And she worked as a dancer. Her boyfriend worked as the, one of the security guys. And, like, it was, like, a small club in Akron. And she's just like, you know, you could make money doing this. And I'm like, no, I couldn't. What are you talking about? She's like, no, seriously, you're cuter than a lot of the girls who work there. Like, you could do great. 
And I, she was like, I'll show you what you, I'll teach you what you need to know if you want to do it. And I was like, fuck yeah, I want to do it. Like the second, I, much like working in a brothel, the second I learned it was an option, I was in it to win it. So yes. there for it. The same thing with that's how I got into being a, uh, being a pro dom was somebody told yeah. me I could get away with doing that. And I was like, wait, <laughs> I can do what? I can do what you are lying. And as soon as yes. I found out that it was an option, I went whole hog and said, hell yes, because that's Fucking apparently beautiful. what I do. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was, that, that's when the light bulb went off. Though. Someone else basically has to just let me know it's an option. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So when, uh, when the client who shall remain nameless told you, you, you could definitely do a scene with Sensage. You're like, what? That's an option? <laughs> no, I actually told you. My response to her in that instance was, you are absolutely insane. Because I, I was like, absolutely. Like when she asked me, I was like, oh, I would love to do that. This like that, it, you know, so long as it's something that I'm not going to violate like my ranch contract for. Absolutely. And right. it's totally fine. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. yeah. Then she showed me your Instagram or your Twitter, like one of your pages, and I see blue check and how many followers you have. And I'm just like, you're insane. You're absolutely insane. There's no way. There's no way this woman is going. Because I'm just like, I didn't, you know, I had no idea how any of this works. I'm like, there's no way this girl is going to do this. Like, no, I'm just some rando. (laughs) You're crazy. And then apparently you are too. Because. Yeah. I'm, I'm wild. No. Well, man, I just I look at it like I'm not I'm not freaking I don't even know I'm so old at this point like but I'm not Jenna Jameson or Jesse J and you know what I'm saying like I'm I'm definitely accessible. <laughs> Fair enough, but like I didn't yeah. know how any of this But yeah. Was, like, exactly. And I, and I also like, you know, I I've said it time and again in so many interviews like you're I I owe a lot of like my like early like and current success to like the accessibility that you offered because you one were totally down to shoot with a rando not that she's down to shoot with randos don't try sorry well not trying to, you were not trying to get randos but you know <laughs> yeah but you were already in the sex industry and and that's how I looked at it as like you've done this type of work and so, and you're at Sherry's, so I know you understand how testing works and all that stuff. And that's really like, as far as not working with randos, I'd say the main issues that I have would be like understanding the testing and, and being responsible uh, with your sexual health. And then also, I'm just a little nervous about people who might be like extreme fans or not taking it sort of seriously in a business sense. Um, Cause I have even worked like, communicated with people before through like Instagram where I'm like, okay, this girl, like, uh, she looks good and I don't have a problem working with someone who's never done anything before, but it's like, usually we reach a point in these conversations where I'm asking serious questions about, you know, you realize it's going to be out in the world forever for all time on the internet. Are you okay with all of this? Like da da da. da. And then they'll engage with me until all of a sudden they just disappear. And so there's that. And then the fact of like, I don't want to do a scene with someone. And then all of a sudden now they're like stalking me and harassing my personal life and thinking, why aren't we dating? Or, or you know, that not understanding that line between work and relationships and, you know, how, which is a little delicate game, I guess, for uh, civilians, we'll say. <laughs> 
But yeah, there, knowing that you understood all of those things based on the work that you were currently doing at the time, it's like, I felt very at ease with that, with working with you. So. Yeah, no, it was great. And like, I also, yeah. you're the, you like, when I asked you like, so how do I, like, if I want to work with people, how do I do that? You're the one who was literally, you're, you are part of my villain origin, origin story in that Yay. you, you, you're, you, you take your place in a long line of badass women who have just told oh. me like, no, that's an option. Like you literally just message people and say, Hey, I would like to work with you. Would you like to work with me? And you're not a weirdo. And that was yeah. all the permission I needed to take that shit and run with it. You know? Yeah. Um, so yes. yeah, that's apparently my thought process is be told it's an option. Um, yeah, but, but yeah, no, I, I, I love that though. I love that about you. You know, you're just like, oh, wait, I can do this. Well, fucking A, I'm doing it then, you know? And it, so that makes me just, uh, I want to ask one more thing like, what was the attitude towards sex like it, as you growing up? Because obviously, like, uh, for you to just, you know, jump into your 18th birthday, like, I'm doing this kind of work, um, and then just have the, awesome attitude that you've had ever since kind of like uh and, it, and you weren't in trouble no one got you in trouble for looking at sailor moon so i'm just curious like you know what was what was that attitude towards this sort of thing so for you growing up so the attitude like it kind of um how do i say sex was not something that was talked about. It wasn't like, it was very much so like, you know, not, it was not an open topic at all, but like it, so it was a thing where it was like, I knew to keep quiet about wanting to talk about it. Like my mom was very pro-life, um, like, you know, very um, into, you know, yeah, Christian, the, the, the whole like Christian, like, you know, mini church, like, you know, technically maybe a cult oh but this yeah. was ohio right kansas actually i was raised oh, in, i was raised i was raised in ohio but my mom was like when i was born she was in a church that is tech it's on cultwatch.com um and it's yes. a very small church so at the risk of like being doxxed i'm not going to share the name of it here but if you ever want okay. to read i know that you're into that kind of stuff and i actually have the the book of it like the the, the cults book on my bookshelf um, if you ever yes. want to read it, because it's definitely For sure. like it's definitely like charismatic, like you know. Oh yeah, they believe that the original pastor is like a prophet of Jesus, whole kind of thing. But oh, this sounds familiar to me already. But yes, I think I, okay, I, so I, might, have, I might have told you about it, or you might have heard about yeah. it on one of the podcasts. No, that's what I'm saying. But, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but so it was definitely something I knew not to talk about, knew not to ask about, all of that good stuff. But the okay. school district I went to, because uh, I went to public school. Uh, had pretty ridiculously comprehensive sex ed for Ohio. Um, wow. Yeah. Like to this day, I'm like kind of mind boggling because we had yeah. very comprehensive sex ed and we definitely wow. should not have. Um, so hell right. yes. I mean, um, you should have, but it feels as well, though you shouldn't just based on where you were. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, but also like Cleveland is like the liberal bubble of Ohio, like Cuyahoga County in general is like, we are the part that's blue enough to make most of the state yeah. kind of purple. Um, yeah. But us in Columbus, but we, yeah. uh, 
there was that and between that and like the fact that I had internet in my house from a really young age, I was always super well educated about sex and like birth control methods and like risks and all of that good stuff because I was terrified of pregnancy because I knew that my my parents would not consent to me getting uh, an abortion. And right. so I had to be like super on top of knowing how to skirt that particular fear. And yeah. uh, I've just always had a very pragmatic view of sex because I just, I don't know, I've just never felt that the act of, you know, giving and receiving pleasure necessarily equates to the act of, you know, being loyal to somebody, being emotionally attached to somebody, being there for somebody as a supportive partner. I feel like those yeah. two things are not necessarily the same thing. And so for me, I've always taken a view of sexuality as something that you do as a personal fulfillment mission. And so long yeah. as you're being as safe as possible and having sex in a way that achieves what you want to get out of sex, then there's nothing inherently immoral or wrong or damaging about it for that matter. Like I was just super well educated on the matter. So I just never felt like, you know, that it was uh the taboo always seemed fairly ridiculous to me. But then again, I had yeah. quit. But I think that part of it is that I had fallen away from religion by that point. Like I already yeah. recognized that logically speaking, I didn't believe in a lot of the talking points of the religion. So logically speaking, why would I believe in all of the negative things that they say about sexuality? Yeah. You know, and, and it's yeah. kind of turned out to I mean, when you separate, not that they're separate, like sex, if what you want to get out of sex and sexuality in that moment is to get closer to your partner, then it can be effective for that. But it's yep. okay to separate it too. I don't know. Yeah. Very pragmatic about it. So it wasn't yeah. a leap for me. Yeah. Uh, obviously, I am in full agreement with all of that. And that is just another uh, another thing that's definitely like a blessing in that sense because you know, I, I just talk with so many people who obviously was very much like beat into them that well, sometimes literally that, you know, uh, sex is just bad and it's sinful and it's uh, all these other things. And so now as adults, they're struggling so hard with uh, so many things <laughs> because it's just a very human part of being alive. Um, so it's it's um, it's a sweet it's a it's nice. I've, I'm so happy that you <laughs> had that experience and that you had that level of sex education, too, um, because it is abysmal in this country. Like it is really, really bad. Uh, so, yeah, that's what we're trying to change. Uh, one one little day at a time, one little Twitter post, one little podcast <laughs> at a time, you know. <laughs> The more uh, the more we can put it out there and get the right information to, to people, I think we can open some minds. And I think it's been working. I, I mean, I, I feel <laughs> like there's a good push and pull between you know the side that wants people to be able to make informed choices and the side that wants people to oopsie get pregnant and then oopsie can't get yeah. an abortion. So yeah, um, mm -hmm. you know, but it's not a political podcast. But at the end of the day, it is. Um, eh, I this feel is like the anything it, podcast. <laughs> at least in the last, it, it seems as though at least in the last like 20 years or so since I was going through sex ed that there has gotten to be a bit more of a push towards actually comprehensive sex ed. Like back, whereas like you know in the 90s that was very taboo. Oh yeah, it, and you know I grew up in a very small, small, small area. 
and um it was just it was abstinence only uh, you know my sex ed was they taught you how a baby is made <clears throat> and then they tell you but don't you do it ever <laughs> until you're married <laughs> and i'm like, oh, no. like this isn't gonna work well um <laughs> i mean our teacher giggled the whole way through but he definitely oh, showed us how to use a condom beautiful uh i i mean we those various forms of birth control were brought up but it but it was like so here are options but but we only recommend waiting till marriage like the you know what i mean um but i'll never forget must have been sixth grade or something but it's like the health teacher made all the kids in the class say penis 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 vagina 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 <laughs> So he's like, all right, get all your giggles out right now. We're all going to say these words right now. <laughs> and I've actually heard of other people having that experience, too. <laughs> See, I, mean, I think good... that he, I'm pretty sure he did, actually. But then he kept Googling. He kept giggling. But I don't yeah, think right. it was that made him giggle. I think it was actually like urethra that made him giggle, if I remember Urethra, correctly. of all yeah, the things. Urethra is what made him keep giggling. <laughs> Love it. All right. Well, let's do our own little education here. I've got a couple of questions Love it. from S. I hope you are well. Where do you get all your lingerie? And do you have any tips on masturbation or being sensual for someone that has never been or done anything remotely sexual or intimate? Thank you for your time. I look forward to your reply. I thought you would be great for this one too, especially. Um, but let's real quickly, where do I get the lingerie? Um, you know, I think everyone these days is using Shein, but I haven't really, I used uh, Adore Me, which was a service for a little bit of time, but then I started getting the exact same bra and panties just in different colors. So I dropped that. Uh, I go to Target sometimes, they have a matching set. It is really, really hard to find matching sets and lingerie. I, we go to, I go to clothing swaps sometimes with other sex workers and just kind of use, uh, you know, hand-me-downs and stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, there's not a lot of options for finding lingerie and matching sets without spending a shit ton of money. I try to do it on the low, the low end because, um, you can wear them maybe one to four times before you've got to get rid of them and find something new in this business. So that's kind of like yeah. my short answer for the, uh, the lingerie question. Oh yeah. Cause but I, where do you I get yours? These, I, I take the spend a shit ton of money route. Um, yeah. I, I get very lucky and I do have clients who are kind enough to send me honey Burdette gift cards and Jornel gift cards. Um, I looked at that like, honey Burdette site and I was <clears> like, Oh no, thank you. <laughs> So, so the life hack, the life hack for Honey Burdette, okay, hear me out. The life hack for yeah. Honey Burdette is you set your Google alert to sale Honey Burdette, okay, because ah. they do every, because they have all of their styles are one off. They're not. Sometimes they'll just be like yeah. the same style in different colors, like five different times. Different color. Yeah. Mm. But every time that they are cycling out of, a season or a collection, they do sales where it's between 40 and 70% off. 
So Ooh, that's re- that'd be reasonable. I have all of my honey burdette sets maybe six months later than all the rest of the girlies. And there's a couple of sets that I miss out on, but I'm not spending $350 on a three piece lingerie set. Yeah, um, I I'm 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 doing, you know, something a little bit more reasonable. Although if you're looking for yeah. cute stuff, I will say just a little life hack. Um, it is a uh, playful They're a UK company, but they have a bunch of super cute, reasonably priced like it's not super cheap, like it's not Shein price, which you shouldn't buy Shein. Right. They have like lead, yeah. like good on you for not doing they, There's a lot of bad stuff in their dyes that you don't want to put on That's, your bits. No, no, oh, we don't wear it for very long in porn, you know, and they, no ethical, there is no ethical consumption under capitalism. That is absolutely yeah. true. But yeah, Playful Promises, and they have an excellently uh, inclusive side, size range. Like, Oh, I love that. Yeah, yeah. Like, and, and they're not like, and it's all cute stuff. Um, and it's not crazy expensive. It's not crazy cheap. It's kind of in the middle, but it's like a lot of it's like that pinup style. Oh, yeah. Playful Promises. Playful Promises. Yeah. Highly recommend um, them and Blue Be- <laughs> them and Blue Bella. Blue Bella does a lot of really cute stuff at a very reasonable price compared to what like the style like because they're like Blue Bella's stuff is all kind of like uh, styled in that luxe kind of fashion, but it's not going to be the luxe price. It's like actually a reasonable price. See, so, this is where I'm, you, I'm a lingerie gotta, nerd, though. Yes, you know, I was like, we got to talk to other. <laughs> All right. So, but now for the second part um, of the question, you know, tips on, it sounds like they're really interested in solo play and exploring their own sexuality with themselves, but like don't have any concept of how to do that. I mean, I'm a firm believer in the womanizer. Like you you can start cold, like that thing. You can start cold and that thing will get you there. But like in terms of like, I don't, everyone's body is so different that like, I don't have any exact like advice in terms of like actually like the art of touching yourself other than to just get comfortable feeling around and seeing what feels good. But the the practical advice I'd give is to make sure you're as comfortable as possible, you know, good temperatures, be hydrated and, um, even if you're, you know, regardless of gender, everyone needs lube. Don't don't expect to get high on your own supply. Yeah, I think uh, I think lube is a great place to start too. Um, I think making sure that you are in a place where you're going to be left alone for a little while. Uh, you know, no one's going to be coming home or walking in or knocking on your door or asking for you and stuff like that. Like, I really think if you have not had these kinds of interactions with yourself before there is a lot to be said for literally like romancing yourself like putting candles around the bathtub and making the lighting dim and getting in the bathtub relaxing starting to explore touching your own body uh and just paying attention to your body close your eyes maybe have some lo-fi music on something that doesn't have like a lot of lyrics or words or whatever and then like just explore with your own hands or uh you know and see what happens there or you know just get in your own bed surround yourself with pillows um same thing with soft lighting and uh touch your nipples touch 
your, you know, stomach down to your belly or the inside of your thighs, like literally take your time with yourself and then yeah, like put, put some lube on your fingers, uh, rub around, you know, I, I actually don't know. I guess I, I would assume this is a female identified person with a vulva. Um, but yeah, like you don't have to have done anything remotely sexual or intimate in order to be intimate with yourself at any time. So no, you know, and you only you can say what is feeling good for you. So, you know, I, I would say too, like, I remember when I was first becoming sexual with other people, I didn't quite understand why I was having like penetrative sex, but not having the orgasms that I was having when I was by myself. Um, and it took me a while to recognize that that was because I was not giving that stimulation to my clit like when I masturbate, that's what I do. You know, that that's something I could only learn about how to orgasm and what what I needed, what my body needed on my own. So that that's why, you know, masturbation I think is like incredibly important for people to do. <laughs> so that they so that when they do enter like partnered intimate experiences, they have they know what they need. So I really want to encourage you to um, touch yourself and touch your body and your vulva and use your fingers rubbing around your clit, your clitoris. Um, if any of these terms are new to you, please Google them. Look at pictures of anatomy, of sexual anatomy. Figure out if you like rubbing around over the hood of your clit or if you like pulling up the hood and touching it directly. That can be really uh, too overstimulating for some people. It can be just right for other people. Um, insert a finger, maybe two inside, see how that feels. And then definitely like if you have the means and you can go online and spend, you know, anywhere from 50 to 200 bucks, like there's a wide range of offerings um, that will absolutely help you understand a little more about the types of things you need. So uh, Jupiter mentioned the the um, the womanizer. That's this awesome toy that has like a little suction with like a flicker at the same time. I think it might vibrate as well. Uh, I will say for for me, vibration is just like hell yes. Like give me the vibration, and um, I like the deeper like sort of rumbly vibration that you can get with a hit with a magic wand. Um, but I also like the the little clit sucker suction vibration thing that like a womanizer does. You can also get toys that are insertable and vibrate. Uh, so maybe that will do it for you. I mean, th there's just this whole world of experimentation out there for you of how to pleasure yourself. And that th th those are my tips for sure on, you know, masturbation and being sensual and doing that stuff with yourself will help you to integrate that with partners uh, whenever you're ready to do that. So I I wish you all the uh, fun and joy in getting those orgasms, baby. <laughs> all right, and one more question. Amy, even though I've been fingered, it still hurts when I finger myself. Why is that? So with this question, I there's so much. I mean, I want to start by saying, are, are, are your fingernails trimmed? Do you have lube? Right? 
Yeah. And also, I mean, I would, I'm curious as to what, what she means by it hurts. Um, I would almost wonder, and also what she means by fingering, because if she means by fingering, like that has never been like actual insertion, like digital penetration Mm -hmm. has never been particularly comfortable for me. But if she taught, she's talking about touching, you know, like, you know, circling the clit, it could be her nails, or it could also just be, um, if it's like an actual like electricity pain coming from the clit, like it's too intense. I mean, like it could just be that she needs to apply indirect pressure. Right. Yeah. Like what I was just kind of mentioning, like if she's pulling up the clit and just touching it directly, it's too much. Like for me, yeah. that's too much, right? Off, especially right off the bat. Yeah. And I guess when, when I hear fingering, I do think of insertion because this doesn't necessarily have to be true. I mean, yeah, there's so many like follow-up questions that we could ask this person. Um, I'm, I'm loving the sexy Sherlock Holmes vibes though. Like right. using my powers of deduction, yes. I'm going to guess that you're touching it too directly. Yeah. But yeah, I was, no, I, that's my guess. But I yeah. I would say, say that for sure. If we're talking like external stimulation. Absolutely. If we're talking insertion, um, you know, I'd start with the base level questions of like, again, are your fingernails trimmed or do you have long fingernails? Are they sharp? Um, I would say too, is it, is there enough lubrication? If you are trying to shove two to four fingers up your cooter with no lubrication whatsoever, like, yes, not going to be comfortable. It's not going to feel good. (laughs) um Uh, that's the other question (laughs) like do you how much experience do you have with being fingered or with insertion like did you start with four and you're like why isn't this working (laughs) um or did you start with one and then two and it's still not hurting did it feel good when somebody else fingered you how many fingers did they use uh was were you wet enough at that time um, yeah, you, you didn't mention whether or not it hurt from when somebody else did it to you. So, but ultimately it's, you're not supposed to be experiencing pain. So if you are, you know, make sure you've got all the lube, make sure you start with a small number of fingers until that feels good. But if all of those things are being done correctly and you're still having pain, there are some other issues that you might want to talk to your doctor about. And then just more questions like, have you had sex with a toy or with um, a penis? How did that feel? Uh, If it's your, if you have not had sex with a large insertable, um, then you could still have your, if you have a hymen that could still be intact and then that can be a somewhat painful experience for your first time. Um, cause that is tissue that has to like tear away and stuff like that. Um, you covered it because I had like a little light bulb of like, it's a potential like pH issue. Like if you, mm. if, got, if your pH is off and your yes. skin is raw, that was my other, but that would that, that was absolutely covered by like if you look at all if you ch- what you said about checking all your bases and if all your bases are covered, yeah. consult with your doctor because I know, yeah. um, you know, if my pH is off, I can't, you know, 
play with myself because she's yeah. a little raw and sore. So like that, yeah. that could be, again, it, I would have a better answer if I had a more specific idea of like kind of pain and kind of play causing the pain. But I feel yeah. like, I feel like all bases for potential, which I will just say you have the first signature on the petition to bring back the word cooter. Because I, I <laughs> bring back cooter. Yes. I am bring so back cooter. Oh, so I, I live, live for that. Anyway, but yeah, that's, I feel like all like um, crotch pain related scenarios yeah. were kind of covered. And yeah. if, if anything else, I mean, like, I'm just so curious, like, again, how like we did I on know. the Sherlock and Watson, like of like crotch pain. But, right. but it's very true that, uh, yeah, when she's talking about your pH, it, if you have any kind of infection going on as well, and the thing about when your pH is off and you have a bacterial infection, it can be very insidious because sometimes it's very obvious that you have that because there's like a, a a fishy type of smell that happens, but sometimes there isn't. Um, and an insertion can cause pain when that is going on, when there's a bacterial infection happening. Uh, so you would want to check that with your doctor. And then there are other vaginal issues that are definitely way more rare, but like vaginismus, uh, vulvodynia, things like that, where like the pain is kind of somewhat unexplained. Um, and that that is something that you'd absolutely have to talk to a doctor about to find out if that's what's going on. But uh, I would say, yeah, to so solve this issue for you, try all those other things we mentioned first, and if it works out okay with that, then you're you're good to go. Um, but if you're still in encountering those issues, then you definitely want to talk to your your doctor and your gynecologist and get that figured out so you can get the pleasure. <laughs> not supposed to hurt. No, not it's supposed to be fun. And feel well, I mean, sometimes it's supposed <laughs> to hurt, but you know. <laughs> that's a different story altogether. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. different, different podcast. <laughs> All right. Wow. Well, thank you so freaking much, uh, Jupiter, for being a guest on my podcast. Is um, enlightening in so many ways, and uh, really, really happy to have you as a guest. So please tell everyone where they can follow you and find all of your things. I'll start off with the finding me. Uh, you guys can all find me uh, on every major platform at Jupiter Jetson. That's like the planet and the cartoon. And that's on Instagram, many vids, Facebook, not Facebook. Zuckerberg does not like me. Um, but Instagram, Twitter, um, TikTok, at Jupiter Jetson, many vids, Jupiter Jetson, Pornhub, Jupiter Jetson. There's a theme here. Um, but <laughs> thank you. Uh, thank you so much for having me. It was like a genuine, like, it, it, it is not fake media at all to say thank you. It was a genuine pleasure hanging out with you the last couple, you know, hour and a half or so, uh, whatever. It was a great time. Uh, anytime. Thank you. Yay. Well, it's, again, been just such a pleasure. Thank you, everyone, for listening to the Sage Advice podcast. Uh, as you know, I do need questions to answer all the time on this show. So please send your questions about sex, relationships, pornography, anything along those lines to sinsagepodcast at gmail.com. That's sin with two N's. S-I-N-N-S-A-G-E podcast at gmail.com. 
And thank you so very much for listening and have a beautiful rest of your day. 